and welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's only fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines along with Kevin Watt and Zach Newfeld. We're brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. The new year has arrived and it's time to get started on the new you. Whether your goal is to lose weight, improve your fitness, run a marathon, finish a fondo, or tackle a triathlon, here's your chance to get into a coaching program at a super price. It's the TriJoy Try for 50 promotion. You'll get a one-on-one consultation, a four-week training program, and weekly access to your coach for $50 for your first month. That's the TriJoy Try for 50 promotion. See the TriJoy link on our FitSpeak homepage. We're also brought to you by Wenting's Cycle and Mission. Here is your Wenting's Word of the Week. It is Endure. Once again, the Wenting's Word of the Week is Endure. Mention that word to the staff the next time you are at Wenting's and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. One more time, the Wenting's Word of the Week is Endure. On our program today, our feature interview with local triathlon Dynamo and first-time half-marathon finisher Christina Paul. We'll have our fit tip of the week. Kevin Watt will be back for his Instagram shoutouts. We have race results with Zach from the hypothermic half. But first, what's this guy doing back here? Look everybody, it's Brandon Jones. And it's January 31st. I can't believe it's already the end of the month. Uh, we're all ready into a brand new year, and uh, we are episode 27. We've got the Knights of the Round Table sitting here. I've got uh, Zach on my right. I've got Big Bad Brando on my left. And I have KH, our executive producer, Kevin Hines, sitting in front of me. So, gentlemen, how is the ambitious winter training going? Oh, man. Just did a race, a uh, half marathon, a couple of weeks, uh, weekends ago. And um, I'm gonna dote over a friend named Dean who donated. I'm impressed, I alliterated there. And um, for those who didn't know what alliteration is, it's when you say that anyway. I thought that was uh, stuttering. That was stuttering. Anyway, I've got a race coming up in, on the 11th actually, it's the first half I think is what it's called. And um, training up for that. Yep. Hitting the track and wrapping up all your training up right my now. Training. Yeah. And hoping hoping and praying that you're gonna be able to pull it out of the hat. Basically, for yes. A good yes, gun yes. time. I wanna be able to actually tell people my time this time, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he's yeah. wearing <laughs> I understand that. He's wearing a Chewbacca mask for the past couple of weeks after Michael gonna, Ross put I'm, the boots to him I'm at done, the hypothermic half. Yeah, done sweeping my race results under the mat. Good. Let's, let's put it that way. Good, good, good. What another, about you, Mr. Another thing Heinz? that's coming up in March, not too far already. First weekend in March is going to be the UBC Duathlon. Craig Premack is going to be back there. I'm going to be back there. And a guy who could probably put together a pretty decent run, bike run, is sitting next to us in the form of Brandon Jones. We're going to work on him over the next couple of weeks to see if he would be so courageous as to enter the the world of duathlon. In other uh, multi-sport news, a new mo- movement out there in the world of triathlon, the gravel triathlon. So a lot of mm. been, things have what been is, happening in the world of gravel. So instead of having your race on simply or purely pavement, there's a movement now to 
take your bike and go on a variety of surfaces, mm. clay, gravel, and on pavement as well. So um, mm -hmm. it's going to be an interesting thing. Uh, coming up in a future edition of FitSpeak, we'll be speaking with Dan Emfield, who's the creator of the first triathlon-specific wetsuit, also the creator of the first triathlon-specific bike, and the founder of Slow Twitch. So we'll be having wow. him in a future interview for FitSpeak, and he's got the new uh, gravel triathlon movement going underway, and we'll have links to uh, that. Sounds like I need to buy a new bike. Another reason <laughs> for another bike. Another reason. And talking about bikes, uh, I guess I'll uh, let the cat out of the hat, out of the bag rather. Uh, we've got our big event coming up here and it's the uh, Positive Spin 2018. Uh, that's hosted out in the Fraser Valley uh, and our fine friends over at uh, Old Yale Brewing. Thanks for bailing me out on that one. Uh, so listen guys, that. you've got five months to get your legs ready for the Positive Spin 2018. You've got three distant, different distances to choose from. 100, 160, and the 200 kilometer distance. And that all goes down June 23rd. And it only costs, I believe, $50. That's a cheap mm. bargain and if you get there quickly enough mm. to the 100K mark, mm -hmm. Jeff Everton will be back with turkey and cranberry sandwiches. Oh, wow. The big hit of last year's long ride. I also want to add that all the money that is made is donated to mental health. With us today for our FitSpeak feature interview is Abbotsford Triathlon Club member and first-time half-marathon finisher, Christina Paul. Welcome to FitSpeak. Thanks very much for having me. So, Christina, where is your home originally? Okay, so that's, that's kind of a funny question. I was actually born in the Middle East, and my parents are from the Philippines, but they were there as foreign workers, but they wanted to get out you know, right when the oil wars were starting. So by the time I was five, we moved to, to BC and we I lived in Surrey basically my whole life. So growing up in Surrey in the... Cloverdale. Cloverdale area. Mm -hmm. What sorts of uh, sports or activities were you uh, doing as a kid? Actually, I didn't really play sports outside of kind of the PE groups. Like I, I've always wanted to be included with everything. So, you know, I played on the soccer team and the basketball team and volleyball team but never actually took lessons never really did anything the one thing that i did do all the time was dance like i was a i was a ballerina a very and, physical well, pursuit you know what when you're doing 12 to 14 hours of anything a week wow absolutely yeah mm -hmm. so your parents brothers and sisters did they push you into the world of dance or any sports what were they as no, role models my parents are actually they're funny they're nurses but nurses with diabetes and hypertension so athleticism wasn't really it didn't really run in our family but i have to give my parents major credit because we were new immigrants like they wanted to be very canadian they put us in swimming lessons and skating lessons and skiing lessons hmm. just enough so that we knew how to do things never enough that we looked graceful at them <laughs> so you had taste of many different sports growing up as a kid absolutely yeah now before you got into triathlon I heard that you enjoyed, or didn't really enjoy, your stint as, in quotes, uh, a pure runner. Tell us about your running career. So running was really a way of just trying to get back into shape. I mean, I had my kids very young, and I hit about 200, I think my largest 203 pounds. Okay. And I stand very tall, 
at five foot two. Mm. So as you can imagine, not in great shape, not, and everything hurt. My knees hurt, my hips hurt. So running was a way to kind of get back in shape, but also to, you know, when you're in um, a relationship that's not going very, very well, running was also an escape. It was therapy. And I couldn't afford therapy back then, so it was good therapy. Running therapy. Absolutely. So you ran a marathon. I trained for one. I never actually did a full race. What prevented you? Uh, kids. Okay. Kids. Kids and a race fee. I, I mean, right when I was finishing the training, I got pregnant again. Mm. So. But you still have kids now, and you're into this crazy thing called triathlon. How did you get into this sport? Well, the kids are older now, and actually, it was kind of by accident. So what happened was my cousin did a she did the UBC Sprint Triathlon, and she was she did it the day that her son turned one. So I looked at that and went, okay, I really have no excuse. Hmm. And at the time, I actually met my partner uh, Vince, who had, unbeknownst to me, twenty five years of triathlon experience. So he goes, well, if you really want to do it, let's just do it. And I, it's kind of funny if you think about the evolution, because at the time I was doing that exercise program, T25. Okay. I don't know if you know it. It's, it's by, you know, Beachbody and it's 25 minutes a day, maybe three or four times a week. And I thought that was a lot of working out. It is high intensity stuff. But 25 minutes, mm. three to four times a week. Yeah. Like it's when you think about the hours that you put in, I used to think that was a major workout. Okay. And so Vince would say, Oh, you know, let's just get on the bikes and let's just do 40 minutes or let's just go for a just run. Just 40 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and let's just go for a run. Let's mm -hmm. just do 20 minutes. And so I went from doing T25 three or four times a week to going to the pool and swimming twice a week and running twice a week and cycling twice a week. And he was very gentle about it. There mm -hmm. was no push. There was no, like, you got to do it this way. There was actually no plan whatsoever. It was just, it just happened to be that way. And at the end of probably eight or nine months of doing two swims, two bikes and two runs a week, I did my first sprint triathlon, the Langley MEC. And how did that turn out? Oh, for that you? was so much fun. Although leading up to it, it was kind of, it was terrifying. I got sick, so I was on antibiotics. Uh -oh. I had never been outside on a road bike, and I had never been clipped in ever. Like, I learned how to ride a bike as a kid, but, you know, never. As most of us do. Absolutely. But really, the last time I had touched a bike for a non-spin bike was probably 10 or 12 years old. You know, I wasn't one of those kids that grew up on their bike because mm. I lived in Surrey and my parents drove us everywhere. I was never on my bike. Um, so I think I had five rides on a, on a new to me, Craigslist jobby, which was awesome. The woman who sold it to me was, she had gotten pregnant, had a baby, but it was all tricked out. It even had arrow bars, but I probably only rode it five or six times before this race. And it rained the day of the race, oh which my goodness. I'm not the greatest bike handler. So the rain was terrifying, but I had such a good time. It was so much fun. I mean, I came in and um, the swim was terrifying because I honestly thought I was going to drown. Many I a, people do. I had a mantra. It was, don't, don't drown. So don't stop. Uh, don't fall. And mm -hmm. then don't stop. That was my mantra for the swim, the bike and the run. And it was so much fun. Vince actually told me, he goes, you're going to cross that finish line and say to yourself, I could have done that faster. Mm. And I was like, no, there is no way. I, I don't believe you. I'm just going to do this one, cross it off my bucket list and be done with it. He was right. Mm. I crossed that finish line and I was like, oh my gosh, I could have done that faster. A lot of room for improvement. Well, you know, a 130 for my mm. first sprint and, yeah. you know, it was probably 18 or 19 minutes in the water. Mm. So lots of room for improvement. Over the past couple of weekends ago, you participated in the uh, running rooms hypothermic half. 
That was your very first half marathon. Tell us about the training and the actual race day execution. That was so much fun. I think um, running has been such a joy this last little while. So Michael Ross, the man, the myth and the legend, he (laughs) put me on the, it was the truncated version of the 16 week half marathon plan. So I think we did it in 12 weeks officially, but I was coming off a triathlon season. So my base was already in there. Fitness was there. Fitness was there. Um, I got very lucky. We, We followed the plan basically to the T, had speed work on Tuesdays, foundation run on Thursdays, long run on Sundays. Uh, Mikey tried to throw in an extra run every three to four weeks, and I just couldn't do it, not with keeping up with the cycling and the swimming. Um, And then I got super sick over Christmas, so I probably lost about two or three weeks in there. So I was just hanging on to the idea that you don't lose run fitness that long. But it was great. I mean, basically, I did two out of three runs every week with Mikey. And he had said that he would pace me, which was amazing. Hmm. So on on the day of the race, I was surprisingly not nervous. You know, I had set three goals. I had told myself, well, I didn't set three goals. Vince set three goals. (laughs) It's really irritating when somebody knows you better than yourself. And and he said to me, you know, if everything is perfect, you're going to run a 135. And if you're going to run a 140, if it's a good day for you, and if something blows up, you're going to run a 145. So a 10-minute window, that's that's pretty And I think, you know, um, goal A, B, and C, it Mm -hmm. it sounds good. And to me, if I ran a sub-145, I would have been in in seventh heaven anyways, because I thought that was a pretty lofty goal to begin with. For your very first. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, speed is new to me. Mm -hmm. I I was a 60-minute 10K two years ago. Wow. Mm -hmm. Progress has been fast. Uh, you know what? I think it's just doing long runs with Michael Ross and Darren Coop. Their legs probably go up to my eyes. So just to keep up with them on a long run, which is their slow pace, I was huffing and puffing. Were. I was. Yes. Yeah. Now Mikey and I chat. Well, mm. actually, I think Mikey and I have always chatted. We actually apologized in advance to anybody who runs between us because it's me and then it's Mikey and nobody gets peace. And somehow you're able to keep a very healthy pace. And obviously it's been paying dividends with your pretty good, uh, well, I'd say more than pretty good, pretty amazing first half marathon. Tell us about the actual day. So you get up in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. It's your very first half marathon. What's for breakfast? Uh, Toast. Toast. Just a piece of toast. In all of my races, I've actually found that a piece of toast, and if it's a triathlon, half a muffin, Fruit Explosion, Tim Hortons, works really well for me. No coffee, because apparently coffee is, it just goes through and it's not a good idea. Not your thing, okay. I I would like it to be my thing, but I can only do a couple of sips, otherwise I'm in the porta potty way too long. Mm. So you get to the start line. Actually, Michael Ross picked me up from my house, which Mm. is even better because, you know, we're chatting the whole way. There's no time to be nervous. There was a little bit of kerfuffling with what we're going to wear. And I was all set to go, but I had options because (laughs) that was the advice of my coaches. And I say coaches because I think I have multiples. And we ended up, it was a very windy day. So we ended up doing the windbreaker thing just in case we didn't want to freeze all the way out. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at the start line. Uh, there's quite a few people with us. It was great. The wind was blowing super, super fast, and the arch was starting to lean away. But it was great. Um, no timing chips, which was a big surprise, because that's normally something that we have in every triathlon. Right, yes. Um, and so off we went. Wendy gave the, sh- the, the shout, and it was great. I had literally everyone surrounding us. And as we kind of broke away from the pack, I had Mikey on my right and Zach on my left. So I was in good company. And it was kind of a 
different experience. Most people, when they do their first half marathons, and when I say most, I'm talking like 98%, for the first 14 or 15 kilometers of your first half marathon, you're leading this thing. Yeah, that was very weird. In Most of us don't do that. <laughs> in uh, the Most of us don't do it ever. <laughs> well, I, Mikey Russ was pacing me, so it's not me. <laughs> it was definitely not me. And, you know, we just kind of locked it in there to his, whatever his gear was, I just locked it into him. And I've done every Sunday run with him almost for the last 12 weeks and, you know, off and on for the last year. So it just felt very natural. It mm. felt like it was just a regular Sunday run. We were just a tiny bit faster than normal. But yeah, it was a very weird experience. I'm a slow swimmer, so I've never been in the front. But that's right. For the first 14K, we were leading. And, and it was actually a bit of a mental game because it was a bit terrifying. But I was like, okay, I just can't think about it. Otherwise, it would have been that mind worm that knocked me down. So you were just focusing on what? Talking to Mikey. You were talking when you oh, were yeah. doing this. We oh yeah, we were chatting goodness. the whole time. We were <laughs> we were having stories. He was telling me, okay, well we're here. We're pacing this. We were, Mikey was more focused on the timing of our gel intake than than even watching what speed we were running at. <laughs> so it was you know because and we were very lucky. A lot of the volunteers we actually knew from the club. We had Bruce and Misty right at that first turnaround, and then probably about halfway, maybe at the seven or eight k mark, we had Sean Melia. Mm -hmm. So just saying hello to volunteers and chatting with everybody, fighting the wind. We we had a little bit of fun trying to figure out if Mikey could block the wind for me, but it was omnidirectional. That okay, was just, so no winning with this. No, no winning with the wind. And so basically, we were just chatting all the way. I probably didn't start feeling bad until the 14 or 15 kilometer mark. And it kind of coincided with the with um, the woman who passed us. So I don't tell know us that, that was, story. I don't know if it was mental or not, but we were leading, which was very weird. And about uh, we were breaking away, putting some distance between us. And I know there was a male and a female behind us and I, we weren't sure. And I refused to look behind me because I knew if I did, then it would just eat at my uh, eat at my soul. And at about the 14 kilometer, maybe 14 and a half, uh, this amazingly strong runner, and I think her name was Jaylene. We, of course, you say hi afterwards and you, you, you chat about it. She passed us at the 14 and a half and she was putting on a pretty good burn. She put some space on us right away. But Mikey and I, uh, he, Mikey convinced me, like, just lock it in. Don't try to burn a match. We're not there yet. And I was cramping. I wasn't feeling so great. I, I made the cardinal sin. You're not supposed to do anything in a race that you haven't done in training. And I know this. It's been locked into me for this whole experience. You're not supposed to do anything in a race that you don't do in training. But in this particular race, I was with Mikey. I tried to gel at Mikey's time intervals. And I got to say, like, don't ever do anything that Mikey does. <laughs> you can't. Not human. That's why we he created Planet Mikey. Yeah, Mikey is his own creature, mm. and he's he's amazing. But we were gelling. We probably did three gels in 50 minutes. My regular kind of training is I do one every 40. So that was, I probably over gelled, so I was cramping, and the sugar was hurting, and mm. I, was, I was miserable, and the wind was pelting us, and so we just kind of locked it in. And I, I told Mikey, just leave me. Mm. I'm, I can, I'm going to continue this pace and just leave me. And I think I was kind of flagging. At about the 17K mark, 
I finally convinced Mikey to leave me. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was great. He was playing with my brain. And he goes, don't worry, Christina. I'm going to pass her. And I'm going to make her think that she can't get me. And I'm go- she's going to burn matches. And then you can catch her. Like, this is all part of his schema to get me up there. And so Mikey left me. And it was really good. Like, it was really healthy. I think if he had paced me the entire time, I wouldn't actually know if I ran that by myself at all. Well, your body certainly would have. Well, but mentally and running, swimming, biking, triathlon, it's all in your brain. It really is all in your head. And so that last 5K, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't looking at my heart rate monitor. I wasn't looking at my watch. I actually, um, the day before I had Greg Ambrosi and Vince both tell me, don't even wear your heart rate monitor. Like, don't do it. And I, I can't, I'm a data person. I need to know it. Even if I, I don't look at it during, I need to know what it is. What was that effort on the day? surprisingly a 188 average heart rate which is very similar to a, to a triathlon for me so I was I was shocked because I was hurting so badly I thought my heart rate would for sure be in the 200s but surprisingly that last 5k was my fastest 5k so well-paced effort I hope so hmm. but I did feel like throwing up at the end even better yeah mm-hmm. I did manage to catch her at the 500 meter like 500 meters from the from the finish line and things were really close Yeah, I caught her, and then she burned another match, and she pulled away again. And then the last 100 meters, Bruce was there right at the turn, and he was like, come on, Christina, you can do it. So I just, I figured I better give her everything I've got, or Vince and Greg are going to make fun of me. Because Greg's line is, if you don't feel like throwing up, you didn't run hard enough. Greg is a wise athlete. (laughs) (laughs) So in like the last, I was right behind her. We were only a second apart at the finish line. Mm -hmm. But I really did feel like throwing up. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. So that was your first. You've done a number of triathlons prior to that. What did doing a half marathon teach you that doing a triathlon didn't teach you? Well, I have to tell you, at the 19K mark, I was thinking to myself, how in the world am I ever going to swim 1,900 meters and bike 90K before I do this? (laughs) It made me question my existence. Mm. But truthfully, I didn't set out with any plans around the the half marathon. What it was was that I was kind of losing um, the joy of running. I was was kind of, I wasn't really getting my runs in. So I'm, I'm the type of personality that, if you if I've got a race on the books, mm. then I will be I will stick to it and I'll stick to my game plan and I will I will get it in. So a bit of extrinsic motivation during the dark season when Absolutely. the runs aren't quite so pleasant. Absolutely, because if you pay for the race, you better show up. What's been your first, or I should say perhaps your your most satisfying moment in sports so far? You've got a long ways to go. I, I, I'm still so new, it's hard to say, but I, I probably, I would have to say Oliver last year. I did the, I went into last year's, or I guess, two, yeah, two, last year, 2017. Mm-hmm. I went into the 2017 season with a sub three hour goal for an Olympic race. And Oliver, I PB to 240. And the best part about it was I was with all my friends. Everybody was there. Everyone was cheering us on. We were cheering each other on. And it was a neat run course. It was out and back and out and back. So you got to see everybody lots and lots. And just to be in that atmosphere, um, Joe and Angie do such a great job with, with their, their race series. And just to be with all my friends. And the best part about it was is that right at the finish line, Vince was there. And I literally just ran. And he caught me. <laughs> and it was great. It was such an awesome experience. And probably right after that, is Joe's Beer Garden. Yes. It was awesome. It was so much fun. Yeah, unlike a lot of the uh, 
more high-profile branded races out there in the mainland or on the island, these Joe Dixon dynamic race events uh, are pretty amazing. A real party atmosphere mm -hmm. at the end, and that's something that real a lot community. of people appreciate. Yeah, A real community. You mm -hmm. start seeing all the same athletes at all the same races, and you start talking to each other. Like, we've made some really great friends. Um, we've met uh, Greg, of course, there. Sean Connor, um, Martin Carroll. We've adopted him We've as adopted one of our him. own. You know, there's nothing better than, you know, hanging out with the elites around around a fire <laughs> drinking beer. Yeah. And knowing that everyone is suffering the same pain together. And it's really cool. Not only are you, I mean, part of doing the race, you're also um, on the board of directors. You are coach now with the Abbotsford Triathlon Club, which is uh, an up-and-coming club here in the Fraser Valley, one of the fastest-growing clubs in BC, if not of Canada. And we'll be getting our mention coming up in the month of March in Triathlon Canada magazine. So for our Fitspeak listeners, be on the lookout for that. Let's turn the page a little bit, Christina. Tell us if you would be so brave to as to what's been your most embarrassing moment in sports, whether it's been in training, whether it's been after a run. Um, what would have that been? So I've got, I was trying to think about this because embarrassing, that's hard. Like when you start running with people and anything's fair game, it's hard to get embarrassed. But I think way back in the day when I was just starting to run and I was trying to train for that marathon, I didn't know that runner's runs was a real thing. Mm. So I was out in the back country of Langley and without any control over my stomach, diving for the bushes, mm. running with a group of women. And I was probably stuck in those bushes for a good 20 minutes. Oh my. I, like, I didn't know it was a real thing. Mm. Like it's, it's an honest, real issue that, a lot, of, that a lot of runners It does face. happen. It, and I have to tell you, I no longer do long runs without a little packet of wipes now. Uh-huh. But it's, it's funny though, because Murphy's Law, because I carry that little packet of wipes, I haven't had issues since. That's your insurance policy. That and, you know, no no crazy food the night before a run. <laughs> mm. You're a full-time worker, full-time mom, full-time Vince trainer, musical performer, music teacher, Abbotsford Triathlon Club secretary, and still you manage to train for this crazy thing called triathlon, which also takes a bit of time. Tell us about these magical time management skills of you. I mean, other, other people look and think, well, you can't do that. That's impossible. You only have a certain amount of time in a day, but somehow you manage to get most of it done most of the time. I, you know what? That's the neat thing about having Strava. It actually tells you how many hours you've put in. And most months I average between 35 to 40 hours of training, which is shocking because when you're in the week, you don't feel it. But I think it's, it's a personal philosophy. A lot of people say that they're too busy for something. And I, I challenge you, flip it on its head because make something important to you. Because if it's important to you, you'll make time for it. And I mean, there's two of us in the house. We've got four kids. Mm -hmm. Both Vince and I trained for triathlon. And for most of 2017, it was because I would train before 7 a.m. And Vince would train after 7 p.m. But it was important to us. So we, we got it in and we got it done. And I mean, for most people, like... You know, there's there's a lot of excuses that you can make. And my personal philosophy is stop making excuses because if it's important to you, you'll make time for it. So just figure out what's important to you. Managing your priorities. Um, we're talking to a person now, for example, who, who wants to get into the sport of triathlon, not too sure of themselves. That could have been you two, three years ago. What three pieces of advice would you give that person as they just get started out? So number one, which will always be number one, is have fun. 
you know, if you're going to do triathlon, it, it's a huge commitment, both money and time-wise. Make sure that you enjoy it. You know, whatever the piece is, the swim, the bike, or the run, have fun and find ways to make it fun for yourself. For me, I know I'm not going to run on Sunday without my friends. So I always make sure that I drag myself out of bed and meet under that Matsqui bridge and go for a run with all my friends. You have to make it fun for yourself. Otherwise, what's the point? Uh, the next thing I would say is have a plan and stick to the plan. For me, I, I always have a run bag, a swim bag, and I guess we don't really have a bike bag, but I always have my running gear in the car with You're me. You're always available to run at the drop of Anytime. a hat. Yeah. And I'm very lucky. Like I have a gym at work so I can take a shower, but mm -hmm. oftentimes it's just about squeezing in the time. Like my kids have dance lessons. Between my four kids, there's about 40 hours of extracurricular. So I will, I will drop the kids off to dance or to gymnastics or to acting or whatever it is, um, change in the washroom, go for a run, pick them back up again. Just kind of make it work for yourself and, and get rid of the excuses, you know. I'm, I'm not a morning person. It's not, it's really hard for me to get mm -hmm. up in the morning. I pack my bags at night. I pack my lunch at night. So then I'm ready for it in the morning. And also with having a good game plan, hold yourself accountable, make reasonable expectations. You know, I, I have never said that I'm going to go do an Ironman. Mm. My Ironman plans are actually a four-year training plan. So this year I'm hoping to do a half iron and mm -hmm. next year I'm not next year. It's 2020, I keep saying. 2020. I, I keep saying Ironman 2020. Okay. Although I don't know, because after doing this half marathon, I don't even know about <laughs> doing a marathon. <laughs> but so set reasonable expectations of yourself. Like okay. I know it's very, what's the word, very trendy right now to get an Ironman and just bucket list it. But I'm not even allowed to uh, consider an Ironman until I can ride 180K on my bike in six hours. And that's according to Coach, Coach Vince. Vince. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a... He's an amazing partner, but as a coach, he's a bit of a jerk. Let's talk about you and your family situation. So we were talking off microphone a little bit earlier, and I was asking, what would be three words that you would describe yourself as? And you were telling me the story of your children's response, which was totally how a, an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old would see it. But how would Christina describe herself? Three words. I would say fun and loud and loyal. That's I think that's I think that's me in a nutshell, you okay. know? Like I always I want everyone to always be included and I want everyone to always have a good time and I think that's kind of why I got stuck as the position of secretary. I tell everybody where what's happening so that we can all do it together. And you were also saying off mic that Vince knows you better than you do. How would Vince describe you in those three words? So I did my homework. I actually asked him. Okay. <laughs> and he said, mom, friend, and firecracker. Uh-huh. And that one always makes me laugh because that's that's how he used to call me way back at the beginning of our relationship. Now he probably calls me pain in the butt. <laughs> Which is what a firecracker could be. <laughs> oh, that's not a good idea. Speaking of three things, three things that you're working on as an athlete for the upcoming season. So for me, I always try to have one goal in each of the swim, the bike, and the run. Uh, on the swim, it's always technique. I'm, I'm a very poor swimmer. 
two, two, maybe two and a half years ago, I could barely do 50 meters. So I worked on endurance in the first couple of years. And this year, it's all about getting that technique down. So I've got lots of drills that I'm supposed to do and, and put it all back together. Tell us two drills you're doing right now. Uh, right now, fingertip drills. Okay. And then also catch-up drills. And it's, it's an interesting thing because I actually use the pool buoy to stabilize the bottom of me because I'm very bottom heavy. And the other day, I almost drowned because I was trying to do a catch-up and I think I overrolled and I went upside down in the water. And it's just a really odd experience. <laughs> so I was floundering around and the poor lifeguard probably thought they had to come save me. <laughs> um, on the bike, I'm, I'm a poor cyclist too. Like I actually like going straight. No problem. I can even go up a hill and I finally learned how to come down the hill. But left turns defeat me. Mm. So I'd like to work on my bike handling skills. And also I'd like to do um, watts per kilo. I'd like to increase from, I'm kind of surfing a 1.9, a 2 on, on when I'm Zwifting. Okay, so watts per kilogram, that's the amount of power that you're putting out in watts for every kilometer or rather a kilogram that you weigh. Mm -hmm. So watts per uh, per kilogram. So you say right now you're at about a... I'm averaging a 1.8 to, to a 2. I'd love to see that be an average of 2 to a 2.4, 2.5. Um, one of the biggest things that I worked on in the first couple of years was body comp, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, the nice thing about losing 20 pounds is that watts per kilo goes up right away. Mm -hmm. But now I got to bring up the power to kind of match it. Mm -hmm. Number three. Oh, so on the run, it's actually just consistency. Yeah. Um, according to Coach Vince, I don't even know how to sprint yet properly. So, <laughs> Do you oh, need to sprint as a triathlete? Well, you needed to sprint in that half marathon. I did. I, I really, I, I, he says if I had sprinted, I probably would have taken her down. Hmm. I don't know, because I honestly thought I was going to die. Like it really was, it felt like I was going to collapse. Um, but I think, I think so. I think like anything, like in the swim, the bike and the run, we have to have, um, matches that we can burn. Right. And part of that is putting that sprint on burning that match and then settling back into our rhythm. And also too, you, who knows, maybe next year all I do are sprints. That's just one constant sprint. Yeah. So I'd like to kind of work on my run. For, I think everything comes back to form, doesn't it? It can form and consistency over mm -hmm. time, really. What races do you have coming up for this year then? So I have the full dynamic race event series because value for dollar, it is one of the best packages out there. So that's Westwood, Oliver, Elk Lake. On Vancouver Island, yeah. And Cultus, of and course. And back at Cultus Lake yeah. and off the season in September. I always do the run for water because my work supports that one. Right. And, you know, I kind of actually, I, I try not to race too much. The, the whole idea of racing to train is, or... Racing to train is not something that I'm comfortable with. For one, they're expensive. Mm. But two, I, 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 what's the point? Like, I, I always look at the training as kind of like taking a dance class. You you practice really hard. You only get one recital a year. Mm. So four races to me feels like a lot. Yeah, and each one, yeah. I mean, you have to properly train for. If you're going to do it right, you're going to train for it. You're going to peak for it. You're going to taper for it. Um, there's a point where you have to be, in order to truly perform at your best, you have to be kind of disciplined as far as diet goes, maybe a bit less wine or beer, whatever the case Actually, may no. be. I no, tell I us about this. I never cut the beer and the wine out of my diet. and You're another Leanne Parker. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vince calls it part of my training plan. So... Uh, last year, when I I, 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 was, I was the first female for the Heritage to Hatsik 10K, and I had a, a beer and a poutine the night before. 
So whenever I do my Sunday long runs, I don't, I just don't, I don't get smoking drunk, but I will have my beer and I will have my couple of glasses of wine. I don't ever limit myself that way. I still continue with that diet because the next day I got to train anyways. So what's the point of restricting myself on the one night? So you're maintaining a, a consistent, fun, living life to its fullest along with this little nasty habit that we have called triathlon and the training and the racing for that. And so far it's working out pretty well for you. It hasn't hurt me yet. And there is nothing better after a long bike ride than a beer and some French fries. You've already cut to the fun part. <laughs> I was going to ask you before we get to that, let's do some fantasizing here. What would now let's take all the job responsibilities out of the way, all the partner responsibilities, everything else that would get in the way. Tell us what an ideal training week would look like for you. Wow, I don't know if I've ever considered my life without everything. And, and wherever it is, plop you on a desert island or Hawaii or Penticton, wherever that ideal venue would be, how would that look? So somewhere hot, okay, but not humid. It's got to be dry heat. So maybe Arizona, who knows, except I'm not a huge fan of going to the United States. I'm the wrong color for that. Uh. Um, so, and I would, you know, run or swim in the morning and then have a bike on the odd day. To be honest, it would probably look exactly like my training plan now where I I swim, I bike. So I usually I swim and I run on the same day and then I bike on the odd day. And then one day a week I have a break. But maybe I would just do it at more leisurely times when mm. I could. And there'd be a lot more sleeping involved. I was going to say, are, are you a napper? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had all of my kids were feed every two hour type kids. So there was about a decade where I never got any continuous sleep. Uh -huh. And I think my body just acclimatized to it. I can fall asleep anywhere in a car, on a bus. Mm -hmm. I've even fallen asleep standing up on a <laughs> train. Yeah. So I, I can nap anywhere. So we're going back and talking about that ideal post-workout beverage. What would that be? Where would it come from? Well, my favorite after a run is coffee coffee and breakfast because normally we're running in the morning so coffee and some eggs and some toast and some hash browns perfect matt's Gui cafe matt's Gui <laughs> cafe and on a after a long bike ride it's got to be beer and french fries uh -huh. unfortunately fieldhouse doesn't have french fries but they do have a pretty nice pretzel that uh -huh. goes with that beer and their beer is always good but so is mission springs they're fantastic and they have french fries Mm -hmm. They even have that awesome blue cheese poutine, which is fantastic. Blue cheese. Eh? Mm -hmm. And after a swim, I don't know, I've never really thought about that, but I guess red wine. Mm. You can mm. never go wrong with red wine. <laughs> Last question, Christina. I think you know what's coming. Um, if you could be an animal other than a human being, what would it be? Tell us why. Hmm. I, you know, this is a weird one because I want to be an animal that can both fly and swim. Is there one out there? Like is Ducks? There... Oh, I could be a duck. <laughs> Um, and you know what? That's probably pretty appropriate because ducks quack and they're loud. They, uh, that and would they're be lovable. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be me. Hmm. And when when they get all mad, their feathers fluff up. That's yeah. that's me. Hmm. I'm a much bigger personality than I think I am. <laughs> I actually think I'm a lot taller than I am. So yeah, ducks. <laughs> ducks are the mighty ones. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm Zach Newfeld, and this is FitSpeak 27's Race Results. We've had some exciting events in the last couple of weeks. I got to participate in the Running Room Hypo Half Marathon on January 21st in Abbotsford. From the Abbotsford Triathlon Club, Michael Ross finished in an hour and 37 minutes. Christina Paul battled out with Jaylene Menon in the last second, claiming bronze in an hour and 39 minutes 
and five seconds. Just one second ahead was Jaylene, taking second on the podium. Myself, Zach Neufeld, was a few minutes back, now wishing I could have seen that battle go down. Also from the ATC were Jules and Simon, who did themselves proud. The running room and Abbotsford's own Tiffany and Calvin were there just a few minutes apart of each other at the finish line. Thank you to all the volunteers, Sean, Monica, Bruce, Misty, and everyone else. The first Vancouver MEC Road Race Series happened on January the 28th in Stanley Park. ATC's Simon, Lanka, and Thomas were there and had a lot of fun. These January events are great motivation for keeping your training through the winter months and looking forward to commitments and positive feedback. These are the top three finishers for the MEC Road Race. In the female 10K, Adriana Wyatt finished in 39 minutes and 35 seconds. Just behind her, Christy Drever finished uh, one second ahead of Laurel Broker, who took bronze. In the male 10K, first place was claimed by Sean Stevens Whale in 34 minutes and 44 seconds. 10 seconds behind him was Stephen Haves, and in third place was Mikey Murphy. In the female 5K, Sarah Macy finished in 19 minutes and 16 seconds. Claiming silver was Caitlin Bodin, and in third place was Nanette Nevar. In the male 5K, Mike Mark Clausen finished in 16 minutes and 35 seconds. Charles Parrot Minot finished in 17 minutes and 33 seconds. Six seconds back was Adam Parsons. There are your race results. We have many more coming up, so sign up and stay motivated. And here's your Fitspeak 27 upcoming event schedule. Let's start off by getting wet in Mission, where we have Masters Swimming at the Leisure Centre, led by Ryan Clifton. The workouts are on Tuesdays and Thursdays starting at 7.45. To sign up, just show up to the pool deck at about 7.30. For the folks in Abbotsford, you also have a Masters Swimming program. You have the usual mix of drills and intervals to whip you into shape or prepare you for an upcoming triathlon. The workouts run at the Abbotsford Rec Center Mondays and Wednesdays at 7.30. You can sign up by entering City of Abbotsford into your favorite search engine and then follow the links. Even though there might be a bit of snow in the ditches, especially up on Dudney Trunk Road, as long as it's not on the roads, the Spring Series cycling races are a go. Indeed, the Escape Velocity Spring Series that's been running since dinosaurs were still around is back for another year. Yeah, they've increased their prices, but if you sign up online, you can save a few bucks for some field house afterwards. Google Escape Velocity Bike and follow those links. Lastly on our upcoming event schedule is a race or a fundraiser. There's a ways down the road, but it's for an important cause. So maybe clear some time on your schedule for this one. It's on March 25th. That's a Sunday. It's the third annual Pacific PTSD Awareness Run in Abbotsford at Mill Lake Park. The run supports wellness in the workplace linked to post-traumatic stress disorder. Funds raised will go towards the Honor House Society in recognition of their work with first responders along with their families. And finally, just a reminder, if you have an event, whether it's a race, clinic, or a new fitness group, we want to hear about it leave us a comment on our FitSpeak homepage and we will be in touch with you. And that's your upcoming event schedule. 
Hi, I'm Kevin Watt with your Instagram shoutouts. Our way of acknowledging and thanking folks who are out there in the community doing great things. First off, a big shout out goes to Matt Lazzarato at MLaz underscore cycling sports from Surrey, who's probably getting his camera gear ready and all set for a big season of shooting photos of all you local athletes. Secondly, we'd like to acknowledge Kim Paddington from Victoria, rosining up her bow and rocking that violin. And finally, a Fitspeak shout out to Blondie in the 505 from, you guessed it right, New Mexico, liking and commenting on all of her posts. Go check out her Instagram and go see her crushing it while she's cycling, cross biking, and BMXing. That's it for this time, and remember to like us on Facebook, and if you know someone who's doing great things in the fitness, wellness, and endurance sports community, leave us a comment on our main page. And from the FitSpeak Science Lab, Big Bad Brando and his famous top five. As if you needed any more reasons, here's the top five reasons to drink more coffee. Number five. Coffee can improve energy levels and make you smarter. Coffee can help people feel less tired and increase energy levels. This is because it contains a stimulant called caffeine, which is actually the most commonly consumed psychoactive substance in the world. Number four. Coffee can help you burn fat. There you... Did you know that caffeine is found in almost every commercial fat-burning supplement? There's a good reason for that. Caffeine is one of the very few natural substances that have actually been proven to aid fat burning. Number three. The caffeine can drastically improve your physical performance. Caffeine stimulates the nervous system, causing it to send its signals to the fat cells to break down body fat. But, Caffeine also increases epinephrine, aka adrenaline levels, in the blood. This is the fight-or-flight hormone designed to make our bodies ready for intense physical exertion. Number two. There are essential nutrients in coffee. Coffee is more than just black water. Many of the nutrients in coffee beans do make it into the final drink. A single cup of coffee contains... Vitamin B2, 11% of your recommended daily amount, 6% of your daily vitamin B5, 3% of your recommended daily potassium and manganese, and 2% of your daily niacin. Although this may not seem like a big deal, most people are drinking more than one cup per day. If you drink three to four, then these amounts quickly add up. And now, the Brandon Jones, number one reason for drinking more coffee is coffee may help you live longer given that coffee drinkers are less likely to get many diseases it makes sense that coffee could help you live longer there are actually several observational studies showing that coffee drinkers have a lower risk of death in two very large studies drinking coffee was associated with a 20 percent lower risk of death in men and a 26% lower risk of death in women over a period of 18 to 24 years this effect appears to be particularly strong in type 2 diabetes. In one study, diabetics who drank coffee had a 30% lower risk of both during a 20-year study period. Bottom line, several studies show that coffee drinkers live longer and have a lower risk of premature death. 
So and drink more coffee. Yay for coffee! And that is our very first Brandon Jones Top 5 list. Be listening to the next episode, Fitspeak 28, when Brandon will bring us another Top 5 list. I'm Kevin Hines, and this is your Fit Tip of the Week. Part of my real job as a phys ed teacher is to get my students to spend less time in the weight room and more time on the trails or in the swimming pool. Part of my other job is to get my athletes to spend less time on the trails or in the pool and spend more time in the weight room. Oh my, a teacher's work is never done. Well, maybe what I said was just a bit of an exaggeration, but it totally ties into our fit tip of the week. It's one we've covered in the past. But with some new research being released, it's time to stress the overall importance of adding strength training to your exercise regimen, even if you don't want to be pumped up like Arnold or Craig Burke. In a study published by the Journal of the American Heart Association last October, it found women who lifted weights had a decreased chance of death from heart attacks than those women who did not lift weights. Something to think about. Here's a bit more information. Another study, this one released just in December of last year, suggested people doing strength training at least twice a week by lifting weights or using weight machines are at a 20% reduced risk of dying from cancers. That's a pretty good case for hitting the weight room. Of course, at the same time, you're also going to feel better and look fabulous. Well, just as soon as your arms and your legs recover. Now, here is where the cardio comes in. The same study found doing aerobic exercise for two and a half hours per week had a 20% reduced chance of dying from heart attacks. And when you combine cardio with strength training, your chance of dying from cancer goes down by 30%. Of course, right now, I'm likely preaching to the converted. This is FitSpeak, of course, and not the Bacon Lovers podcast. So tell your less active friends this. You can lift weights for as little as 20 minutes, and right after that, blood flow to your heart is going to increase, and your blood pressure is going to decrease. Our mission, FitSpeak followers, as always, is to spread the gospel of the weight room. Our biggest challenge in this is probably going to be thinking of gentle ways to encourage those who do need to lift weights the most to get their butts into the weight room. Or does it really have to be a weight room or just weight lifting? More on that topic later. For the Fit Tip of the Week, I'm Kevin Hines. And that's it for another edition of Fit Speak, the Fraser Valley's only wellness, fitness, and endurance sports podcast. Fit Speak is brought to you by Wentings in Mission. Your Wentings word of the week is endure. FitSpeak is also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport, featuring the Try for 50 promotion. Check the TriJoy link on the FitSpeak homepage. I'd like to thank Christina Paul from the Abbotsford Triathlon Club for stopping by, and to the latest member of the FitSpeak cast, Brandon Jones. Join us next time when we'll be speaking with Ryan Cousineau from the Escape Velocity Cycling Club. He'll be stopping by to tell us about the upcoming Spring Series cycling races. Brandon Jones will be back for another top five list. Kevin Watt will be back for Instagram shoutouts. And Zach Neufeld will have a fresh edition of Between the Ears, a look at the psychological aspects of racing and training. 
That's it for now. And for all of us at Fitzpeak, I am Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening. <laughs>